What's going on, Richmond, Virginia? How are we doing today? I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Good morning, good afternoon. It's 12 noon, and we are live and local here on The Fan in Richmond, Virginia. Phone lines are always open throughout the show. We'll be talking a ton of commanders at Broncos. I'll give you AWOD's keys to victory. That's coming up at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander. We'll give you my survivor pick, my lock of the weekend in the NFL. And we're going to debut a few new segments on the show today. Coming up at 1.30. Everybody knows the highest paid players in the NFL are the quarterback, right? Well, who's after the quarterback? It's been the guys that go after the quarterback. The sack leaders, the pass rushers. So we'll debut a new segment at 1.30. All Out Blitz. Tracking the best pass rushers around the National Football League every single week. Uh, we got some interesting stuff to get to here on Dude Food. Some new food news locally. I know I'll be out at the Oktoberfest uh, uh, over the weekend at St. Benedictine's Church. It's always a ton of fun. Matthew Parrish will join us to talk a little Commanders at 2 p.m., but you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching you up on anything you might have missed around the sports world. It's not the sports wallet, definitely not the sports phone. It's time for the sports app. Here it is, everybody. Sports app. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Whoa, 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 are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. Sports app. All right. So playoff baseball is coming to Richmond, Virginia. The Flying Squirrels clinched the second half title, lock in a playoff spot once again for the second year in a row with a 7-3 win. Richmond will host the Divisional Series opener next Tuesday. That is September 19th at the Diamond. Myself and Michael Phillips will be live from the Diamond getting you set for that playoff matchup as the Squirrels rolled over Erie 7-3 and clinched a playoff spot. They have one 12 of the last 14 games, including all three this week against Erie. Here is the final call last night, as heard right here on 910 The Fan. His 3-2 pitch popped up on the infield, third base side, Shane Matheny. The MVP's there. He makes the catch, and the Flying Squirrels are the champions of the second half in the Southwest Division. They're heading back to the Eastern League playoffs for the second straight year. It's a 7-3 win tonight in Erie, and the Flying Squirrels are playoff bound. That was a good call from Trey Wilson. He'll join the show today at 2.15. Christopher, it would have been a lot more exciting if that clinching game happened at home. It was on the road. But the Squirrels will host Game 1 of the Southwest Division Series, played on Tuesday as they host the Seawolves at the Diamond. Tickets are available right now. First pitch scheduled for 6.35. The Washington Nationals, we track them every day here on the Sports app. Losers of three straight. The Pittsburgh Pirates defeated the Washington Nationals three straight games, including a victory last night, 2 to nothing. The Nats will continue their road streak on the road in Milwaukee, facing off against the Brewers. 8-10 first pitch with Jake Irvin on the mound for the Nats, who are 65-82 and on the year now. Back to fifth place in the NL East in the cellar as the Net, the Mets have won three straight and the Nats have lost three straight. Your Nationals luster by Adolph Diamond Player of the Week has to be Jacob Young. The young hitter deserves to be Player of the Week. 
Uh, he is the rookie center fielder who's turning heads with his speed and his bat skills. It's been fun to watch him get a ton of hits this week for the Washington Nationals. Let's move over to the NFL. So last night, the Vikings had a chance to win this game. They went up 7-3 to after a slow start by the Eagles offense. Justin Jefferson was cooking. He was getting past his defender all over the field. He just got a little too comfortable with the football. Here's the big play everyone will be talking about all day today on Sports Radio. The pass to Jefferson that should have given the Vikings a solid lead. Instead, it turned into a 10-point swing just before half. Here's the call on Monday Night Football. Cousins hanging in. Cousins deep. And it's pulled in. And the ball comes out, but he is out of bounds at the as they after review the fumble went over the pylon which by the way alright Terry interesting point here you have to have possession of the ball as it crosses the goal line in this situation for it to be a touchdown certainly right. but he clearly loses control before he gets to the goal line right. and it does indeed go over the pylon as we just heard the referee announce for a touchback so that was the call on Thursday Night Football, and if you heard me with Michael Phillips' last segment, I blame Justin Jefferson. That was him being selfish. You know, go out of bounds there at the two-yard line. You know, fall out of bounds at the one. Just don't let the ball go into the end zone for a touchback and completely cost your entire team the game. He's going to the sidelines telling his teammates, my bad. Yeah, it was your bad, Jeff Justin Jefferson. You just cost your team, the Vikings, a win as... Jalen Hurts would find Devontae Smith downfield for a deep pass, 63-yard touchdown as the Vikings would go on to fall to the Eagles, 34-28. Here's the call of the play of the game. Into the gun is Hurts. Hurts is back. Hurts looks. Still looking. He is going deep for Smith, who has it. 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Devontae Smith! That was the call on WIP. And look, here's the thing is that Jalen Hurts wasn't great. 18-23 for 193 yards, one touchdown, one interception, took four sacks. But the running game for the Philadelphia Eagles just made it so easy for them to uh, clinch this game here against the Vikings. They tried to make it close at the end. Typical Kirk Cousins, garbage time. Dan Marino gets a touchdown, but they fall by six points, 34-28. Here's Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts discussing the passing game, which hasn't been great for the Eagles over the first two games. And I think this is the sky's league. Um, and sometimes it is quarterback versus def defensive coordinator. All the time it is. And so it's an adjustment. Everybody's going to try and find the best way to attempt to slow us down. And it's about how we respond to that and how we execute. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's all over the tape that um, what we're capable of. You know, and, and everybody's nobody nobody wants AJ catching balls down the field or Devontae catching balls down the field or um, the threat. And it's about um, being able to attack those things, even though they have that in mind. And so that's that's a development thing for us as an offense. And I talk about that identity that we're um, yearning to find. Great completion percentage for Hertz, eighteen to twenty-three, but doesn't even throw for two hundred yards. While Kirk Cousins throws for. 364 and four touchdowns in a loss. Typical Kirk. How did this happen? Turnovers. And it's not just on Kirk. He had a fumble loss. Brandon Powell had a fumble loss. 
Alexander Madison, the fumble loss. And then, like I said, Justin Jefferson with the biggest uh, play of the game. Flipping the script right there. Instead of going up by two scores, the Vikings go down as he fumbles into the end zone. Here's Vikings head coach Kevin O'Connell after the game discussing ball security being a major focus for the Vikings. Seven to one in turnovers lost in, in two games, and we've lost by a combined nine points to two uh, playoff teams from a year ago. Um, so clearly, I've got to coach it better from a standpoint of something we talk about every single day. Uh, ball security is a major, major focus in our football philosophy. Um, but clearly, um, I need to do a better job, and, and our staff, we've got to go back and continue to find ways to re emphasize. Um, how important it is when you have the football in your hands. Final score last night, Eagles 34, Vikings 28. And Christopher, you got on me when I was wrong last week. I told you to pick the Seahawks. Well, you got to tell me when I'm right. I hit my bet yesterday that we gave out on air. Kirk Cousins is garbage time. Dan Marino as the Vikings come back and cover the spread and the over hits. I hit that bet on FanDuel. You can sign up today. Promo code AWADS. We'll go through the best games of the NFL and college football weekend throughout the rest of the show today. Sharp betters are on the Chiefs to bounce back in week two. The Cowboys are a popular pick. We've got our Odyssey NFL Survivor Pool that we'll discuss at 245. But coming up next, the big story locally was the NCAA denying the appeal to have Joe Bamisil be able to transfer and play for VCU basketball this season. The athletic director, Ed McLaughlin, will join us next on The Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on a Football Friday. We're live and local. You're listening to the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. We've got playoff baseball returning to Richmond at the Diamond next Tuesday. Tickets are available. Squirrels will host the first game of that playoff series. Love playoff baseball at the Diamond. It was a ton of fun. Last year, we'll be broadcasting live next Tuesday from 12 to 3 p.m. So the big story locally, Michael Phillips, who does 10 to noon, he led with it yesterday on his show. I talked about it with Ed Nixon and Zach Joachim, the VCU uh, basketball beat reporter for the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And here was the statement yesterday from VCU Athletics. We are disappointed to learn the NCAA has denied Joe Bamisil's initial waiver claim for eligibility in 2023-24. Throughout the waiver process, we have carefully presented, uh, presented the NCAA with Joe's case and the unique set of circumstances that fully support immediate eligibility. Joe has returned home to support his family, including his ailing father, who has faced a number of health challenges in the past year and to continue to care for his own mental health. He has faced repeated adversity and feels that VCU is the best institution for his and his family's well-being. And to get more from VCU Athletics and find out how this process will work now, the Director of Athletics, Ed McLaughlin, joins us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. What's going on, Ed? Hey, I'm just happy you're not going to want to talk to me about saying bad things about Coach Prime because that's the only gets people in trouble <laughs> these days, you know? I, I know. give that guy all the credit in the world. He's uh, he's doing an amazing job at Colorado and, and wish him all the success. I'd love to see what he's doing. It, it really is. It's the coolest story in sports. I said he he's probably going to win a national championship within five years, uh, the way he's turned that program around. 
But you've done a great job with the VCU basketball program. So let's get into this fully here. Uh, give me the timeline. When did you learn that the NCAA was going to deny the waiver? Yeah, we learned just recently that they were going to deny the waiver. So we had to take a few days to um, sit down with Joe and talk with him about what his options are. Um, and he decided he wanted to to, um, to pursue an appeal with it, which we fully supported. And, and uh and and know that you know we've been working on this initial waiver i mean since last spring mm-hmm. um so you know it's it's one of those things where it, it is an incredibly compelling case uh for a waiver for a young man who was granted a mental health waiver 12 months ago by the same nca um and his situation's only gotten more difficult uh with, the, with his situation at home with his family and and some of the challenges that he's had so you know, we feel that, uh, you know, we hope that the NCAA will come back on our appeal here uh, in the next few weeks and, uh, and grant show this, this waiver because it's, it's really, you know, if, if we're going to have a waiver process, Adam, you know, this is a waiver that fits right within what it should be. I, I totally agree. I was confused by uh, the NCAA's decision. So go into a little more details about the appeal process now and, and the timeline. You mentioned just a few weeks. Yeah, yeah. So we have to get it in here within the next couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I think the good part about this appeal is that the committee that will hear it, hear the appeal, um, not only gets to read all the documentation that we submit in our letters, but get a chance to speak with Joe directly. You know, he'll be on a conference call, video conference, whatever you call that. Uh, he'll be on with them to, to talk with that committee and, and, and talk about his, what his challenges are. And listen, I give Joe all the credit in the world for having the, the strength and the and the courage to be able to talk about his his mental health challenges and uh, not an easy thing to do, obviously. And uh, I give him credit for doing that. And and uh, you know we, that's why we support him so fully. Not only because uh, the the circumstances are right, but um, you know if the NCAA is going to say that student athlete mental health is important, uh, they need to start showing it. And uh, this is certainly a case where uh, if you granted him a waiver 12 months ago for mental health. Um, issues, you know, Joe's now wants to come home and to help support his family. His family runs a, uh, its own business. It's a 21 bed freestanding facility that, uh, that is a, a transitional home for, for, uh, folks with mental health issues as specifically in, um, uh, specifically those who are, are dealing with homelessness. So, you know, Joe is working hard and he's supporting his family and, you know, he should be able to play basketball while he's doing it as well. VCU AD Ed McLaughlin on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on 910 The Fan. So, Ed, I've never met Joe, right? I watched him play at GW. We all know he's a local kid, and we're all rooting for him. Tell me and my audience a little bit more about Joe Bamisil, the student athlete. Uh, Joe is really an interesting young man. I mean, he's he's really big into meditation and He's the type of guy that when we were in Greece, you know, he'd be sitting off by himself reading a book and, uh, and just kind of being quiet. And, um, you know, he's really reflective, really intelligent, um, and, and a really super nice young man. Um, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the hard parts of it. You know, he is doing this and, and saying it's okay to say you're not okay and, and say that you need help. And he's, um, he's doing all that, and he's thoughtful. And, um, you know, he's obviously super talented basketball wise and and as i like to say he could he could score in a phone booth if two guys guarded him you know he's, he's that talented offensively um but he's so much more of a nice young man and, and he's been a real asset to our campus community since he he came back home and decided to enroll in vcu 
so you know, I'm, I'm super hopeful for him and, uh, and and thankful that he decided to to play his final year here with the Rams. Uh, me too. We're all supporting Joe Bamisa, and hopefully, uh, will there will be a positive outcome to this appeal process. It's Ed McLaughlin with us here. Ed, Ed when I'm out and about, and I'm you know grabbing a drink at Bingo, and I meet some people that are VCU fans, they all ask me, "What's the latest on the Athletic Village?" Can you answer that? Yeah, we're uh, you know we're having board meetings today, and the the board today is a uh, um, at least one committee has approved uh, the. Um, demolition for the Athletic Village uh, Phase 1 to start here in November, December timeframe. So we're starting to move on it. Yeah, obviously, we're focused on stuff with Joe right now and, and trying to make sure his uh, his appeal gets heard in, in, the, in the best way possible. But we got a lot going on and, and obviously coming up on basketball season here as well. Absolutely, and I'm sure on Sundays you're watching guys like Mo Ali Cox in the NFL. Have you have you spoken to any of our former student athletes? I know you have good relationships with guys like Mo and Brandon Rozell, and I think Bones Highland. Yesterday was his birthday. Have you spoken to any of, of our former Rams? Yeah, we, we you know we had a bunch of them around this summer. Uh, obviously, Mo was the commencement speaker for VCU last spring, so um, you know he's uh, he did a fantastic job doing that, and, and spent a bunch of time with him when he was here for that, and. Uh, you know, talked to those guys who were playing pro, and we had a bunch of the the uh, basketball guys who've just left playing Euro League and and in the NBA played with us this summer too. So it's been great. It's been great seeing them uh, all summer, and and really it's been good to to have them really show our new guys because we have eight new guys on the team, right? Mm-hmm. So it's really been great for them to show our new guys what it's like to be a VCU Ram and the expectation, the standard that we have. Um, you know, so it's it's been really fun with those guys and rooting for Mo obviously all the time. And I I hope uh, this new quarterback Anthony Richardson learns to throw to him more because that would be great. <laughs> you know, Mo usually equals touchdowns or first downs. You know, that's how he usually goes. Mo says Mo says yes to those. Um, but you know, super excited for Bones birthday yesterday, obviously, and his new start with LA. And and you know, Vince had a had a terrific summer in, in summer league. Uh, so you know, I really think he's going to have a great season for the Grizzlies as well. Ed, lastly, you mentioned Joe Bamisil reading books in Greece. Can you give me a little more details about like the guys bonding on that international trip? When was the last time VCU did a trip like that also? You know, we did a trip in, in 2000, the summer of 2016. We went to Spain, and we, did, we were in Madrid, Valencia, and Barcelona. And it was a really, it was a fantastic trip. Um, it's a, these international trips, the basketball is really secondary to the, the team bonding and all the education stuff that the guys get while they're there in the, so we did one in 2016, but it was a really different team because it was an older team that was Mo and Jake Juan and Justin Tillman and Johnny Williams and and uh, and Jordan Burgess and you know that was an older team and we had a, just a couple new guys. Now it's just a, a brand new team in a lot of ways, other than the, the five guys who stayed with us. So um, you know we did a whole bunch of sightseeing. The guys were really kind of locked in on the sightseeing and learning and about ancient Greece and uh, some uh, some uh, Greek philosophy fans in there as well and. Um, so it was it was really cool to see. We played some basketball, but the, the team bonding was really um, so important because we have so many new guys. I'm sure Coach Odom will talk with you about it at some point too. But it was really nice to see them just hanging out in different groups and hanging out together. And um, you know, then we had Michael Bell join us, you know, mid trip as well. So mm-hmm. um, you know, that was uh, getting him acclimated to just to everything uh, was has been great. So you know, I, I'm, I'm we're super thankful that we can do these things and our women's team. Went to Italy, Slovenia, and Croatia as well. So it was a, it was a good summer for the Rams internationally. Not only get some learning done, but to get some bonding done as well. Ed, appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. As always, go Rams.
Yep, that's Ed McLaughlin, athletic director for your VCU Rams. Every Rams basketball game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't change that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Washington Commanders. All of the games can be heard here in Richmond on the Odyssey app. Download it today for free. You can search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Always available on the Odyssey app and gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, and pick up right where you left off. And we've got a new show here at 910 The Fans, MP on the mic, Monday through Friday from 10 to 12 noon. And Michael P. joins me right now for a little crosstalk. What's going on, Let's bud? Let's go. Week one in the books. Just excited to be a part of this place. Got got, got my HR paperwork, so I knew my timesheets. <laughs> radio's a magical place, but you still got to file your timesheet. So I like how you started the show Monday by talking about Commanders Broncos, and by Friday, you talked yourself into a Commanders victory. That's all it takes, apparently. Right. I'm, I promised that I won't do it again next week with the Bills. <laughs> the Bills are going to win. I'm on, I'm on record. I will not talk my no matter how bad Josh Allen plays on Sunday, I will not talk myself out of that. But I'm all in for this weekend. I love this matchup. Russell Wilson, a big game for him. The Commanders defense is eating. I think Sam Howell will get incrementally better. I You, you hear... The film gurus. I watch a film. You watch a film. Some people watch it at a higher level than us. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, the offensive line played better than than people are giving them credit for. I don't think that's entirely true, but I think there will be a week one to week two jump here. So speaking of film review, the biggest thing that I noticed from my film review of Sam Howells, he is so good in between the numbers, like these twenty yard passes in the middle of the field. He hit Dotson on a comeback. He hit uh, McLaurin on like a post or, or, or skinny slant. Like he can hit those in the middle of the field. When he holds on to the ball too long, or when he rolls out to his right, it's like a disaster. It is, and it, I, we need a better week from Logan Thomas this week, too. Oh, I yeah. mean, that would go a long, long way. Story like even the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, just it doesn't move quite as smoothly. Uh, you need that big tight end who can hunker down right there, take the quick pass, give him the opportunity to look downfield. I, am, I will be curious if they force something deep to Terry, or if they walked away saying... We tried, but Terry was double covered. It's okay. We're not going to force it. Or if you say, hey, he's our best player, we've got to force him into the action. Well, they have to set it up like they did last week. And I, I talked about this yesterday when I watched the film. First down, it was like the third drive of the game. First down run to Robinson. Second down run to Robinson. It's a first down again. They bring in Gibson, set it up with play action. McLaurin beat his man and was wide open. Sam Howell just didn't throw him the yeah. ball. Yeah. And so offensively for the commanders, I do think it's going to look more like it did in the fourth quarter, the 18 runs to two passes, because they need to get how confidence with establishing the run early. No question. And it, look, Antonio Gibson's going to be a big part of this too, because I don't think Brian Robinson can handle that workload all season long. You need a second running back to emerge. And if that's Chris Rodriguez, I feel great about that. Get the rookie some action too. I don't know who it is. I just know somebody has to be the number two running back. Somebody has to take, you remember the JD McKissick glory days, right? Like that you need a JD McKissick, a reliable number two guy. So that somebody's not taking a hundred percent of the running back snaps. Could that be Curtis Samuel? He had one good rush for six yards. I think they could use him even more. 
My hot take is he's as much running back as wide receiver, the way they use him and the way they get him the ball in the same way that Antonio Gibson's a little bit wide receiver. You know, those, those things blur in this offense. If, is that not a Ron Rivera thing, right? The, the position flex, he <laughs> right, loves him right. some position yeah, yeah. flex. <laughs> uh, get, get Curtis Samuel the ball in space, and there's a number of different ways to do that. I completely agree with you. Um I, we saw Curtis Samuel just go bananas in that opener last year. It's so good against Jacksonville. Didn't quite hit that mark again the rest of the year. Let's see if they can sustain it. 425 kickoff commanders in Denver against the Broncos. Two hours before the game coverage begins on 1140 AM WRVA. Uh, it's MP on the mic alongside AWOD here for a little crosstalk. And something you brought up on your show. The commanders are going to drink beet juice. Beet juice. All right, give me some more details on we're, this. We're playing at altitude. It's it's a mile high. And I don't know if you saw the stat. Denver, uh, they're like 21-3 and three in the first two weeks oh. when players are less conditioned, less ready for the season. The altitude wears them down quicker. Uh, so the sports medicine guy says beet juice is the way. To, he'll be serving him some shots of beet juice. On the plane. Now, I don't. I don't think anybody's going full Russell Wilson and like doing the high leg kicks on the plane. Yeah. I hope we're not going that far with it. That was a that was a little excessive, but that that's the game plan. And so they're going to fly in and fly out within 24 hours. That's the other thing I read. Right? That was Ron Rivera's other thing. The altitude doesn't hit you until 24 hours. It is debatable whether that is good science or not. Well, it's debatable whether or not you can believe anything Ron Rivera says. <laughs> I mean, believe me, I, I, I've I've been to Denver one other time before. Um, I've been to Portland. Well, uh, I feel like it hits you right away. It hits you right away. It, yeah. It, now, th- what it what's good, though, is this is a team that has some rotational pieces. You know, on defense, they can bring guys in and out. We didn't see as much Emmanuel Forbes as I thought we would last week. So, you know, you've got room to kind of crank up those levers on some of those guys that don't play as much. I think where you're really going to see it is on the offensive line. Can these offensive linemen hang in there for an entire game? Do you, are you going to need to rotate at some point? That's the danger zone for me. So I've got my keys to victory coming Woo! up at 1 p.m. But, Michael, what do you think? I, I think the key to victory is is to not turn the ball over offensively, to, yeah. to get Sam Howell – it, it's the three-second clock for Sam Howell, right? He's going to have some plays that are there. He's going to have some plays that are not there. The plays that are not there need to be incompletions, not sacks, not interceptions, not fumbles. If you can reduce those, I, I think you're in a really good spot offensively. My number two is you've got to rattle Russell Wilson. Yeah. It's a big, big game for him. I talk about this during my show. This is... I mean, he's the franchise. The contract mandates he be the franchise. He stunk it up last year. This is week two. It wasn't the week one you wanted. There's a lot of pressure on him to deliver in front of that home crowd. Otherwise, everybody talks about how good the Denver fans are, how good that Denver crowd is. Nobody's going to a week 10 game there if they're <laughs> out of contention. You know, you got to watch three more years of Russell Wilson. It's a big moment for him. You got to rattle him. So you mentioned the turnovers. I look, they turned the ball over three times. We're lucky to escape the victory against the Arizona no Cardinals. I think they can survive one turnover from Sam Howell. Nobody else can make a mistake. Like Gibson fumbling the ball, that can't happen again. If Dotson makes a catch, Samuel and they fumble or Logan Thomas, that's how they lose the game. I think Sam Howell can make one mistake, but nobody else can have a backbreaking mistake. And you ex- one interception to me is baked into a Sam Howell day. Right. If, Especially if, on the road. If Sam Howell doesn't make a mistake, I'm almost concerned they're not getting enough out of Sam Howell at that point. You need you need to stretch Sam Howell and you need Eric Bieniemy. I mean, look at the play calling mix. He came out Throw, 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 throw. That was the first half. Throw, 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 throw. I don't I don't even think he did that 
because it gave him the best chance of victory against the Cardinals. I think it was a statement half by Eric Bieniemy. First half of calling the plays in half in Washington. First half with Sam Howell. Throw, 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 throw. This is how we're going to win games this year. Right, And they were throwing plays that you usually run the ball, and it was basically a designed run just with the quarterback throw. Throwing for three yards. He... It was very intentional. It was a message. This is not a team that's going to be a 50-50 split team. They are going to win games in the air, and you're absolutely right. When you do that, when you go down that road, you know, maintaining discipline, not fumbling after the catch, not fumbling the ball on the two-yard line, and then going around making a big show about how you're taking personal responsibility. For example, for example, <laughs> those would all be key things. Michael Phillips talked himself into believing the Commanders will go 2-0 for the first time since 2011. I'll give you my official prediction coming up in about 15 minutes. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. What up, what up, what up? It's AWOD here on a football Friday. You're listening to the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan, now at 105. 1FM, and we're going to debut a new segment right now. Don't Sleep on These Picks is sponsored by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com, and you're going to use the promo code AWADRADIO. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O to save some cash. Your picks might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. Don't sleep. Makes you great. And joining us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, it's Matt Cahill, Drabby T-shirt from the Junkies. What's going on, Drabby? Awad, Richmond, what's going on? Glad to be on. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm so happy that we get a chance to do this segment every week at 1245. It'll be me with one of the donks behind the glass of the sports junkies. This week's is Drab T-shirt. And I, I want to say right off the back, I would not have this job if it wasn't for you and Valdez. Both you guys deserve a lot of credit uh, for kind of creating the Awad character and, and teaching me how to do radio. Well, it took a long time to teach you how to do radio, but you're getting pretty good. And Valdez doesn't get any credit this week because he's on vacation. Who takes vacation week one of the NFL season? Valdez should be suspended or fired when he gets back. That's the reality. (laughs) I mean, the show definitely sounded different on Monday with Michael Ma running the show. But, Drab, uh, we've got a little production for this segment. I want you to take a listen to it. Let's hear it. It's time for Don't Sleep on These Picks. Presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Awad will be joined by one of the donks behind the glass, Drab and Valdez. He's the sexiest man on the planet. To go through the best college and NFL games of the weekend. Weekend! Weekend! Don't sleep on this segment every Friday at 1245 on Awad Radio. Yeah, how about that, Drabby? <laughs> Look at that. I love it, man. Nice work, guys. All right, so we're doing a survivor pool here at Odyssey Uh-oh. Richmond, and I'm leaning Cowboys this weekend. What do you think? Is there a better lock on the board? The Cowboys, definitely, probably the biggest lock on the board, but if you've been listening to the Junkies this week, there's a lot of debate about which team to take. The Junkies doing their own survivor pool, and it's been, first of all, awesome. The guys are super engaged. They're battling back and forth all week. Uh, Their votes went between the Bills and the Giants, but the Cowboys were kind of left out because they wanted to save them for Thanksgiving or later in the season. The Cowboys looked so good in week one. I don't know. I mean, the Jets also, why would you pick against the Jets just because look what they did against the Bills? So 
I, I, I don't love – I mean, the Cowboys, every pick is risky. The Cowboys, of course, have, are favorites to win that game, but I don't know. I mean, I, I, I like the idea of saving them for later in the year. I did enjoy the Junkie Survivor Pool. Multiple segments on the show today. But what happened to the boys behind the glass Survivor pick? Well, it was our idea to start the segment, and it fell apart in week one. I will <laughs> never, I will never give Kirk Cousins credit ever again. He's a garbage stat king. You can't come through against the Bucks at home. You eliminate the guys behind the glass in week one. You embarrassed us. <laughs> I will never forgive him for that. Kirk Cousins is out for a lifetime for me. I hate the guy. Wow. Wow. All right, so let's just say that you had a pick in the Odyssey Richmond NFL Survivor Pool. Who would you lock in this weekend? I, I actually like the Saints. Nobody's talking about the Saints. They're two-and-a-half-point favorites against the Panthers. Look, they got Olave, and Michael Thomas looked good in, in, in his comeback, and Rashid uh, Shahid, great weapons for the Saints. Look, the, the, the Panthers, nobody's really following them, but J.C. Horn, their cornerback, is out. Bryce Young, did he look that great in week one as a rookie? No, he threw two interceptions. I think he's getting used to the speed of the game. I really like the Saints on the road, minus two and a half against the Panthers. The Panthers are going to win like three four games this year. So give me the Saints. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Head to don'tsleepenergy.com and use the promo code AWAD Radio. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O. It's Drabby T-shirt here with us on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I know that you're a big college football fan. Is Dion in Colorado, is that the biggest story in sports period right now? Well, if if it isn't, it's going to be very, very soon. So blown away by what Dion's done in the Pac-12. and just, I mean, people thought he was going to be a joke there, and if he wasn't going to be a joke, it was going to take a long time. In just two weeks, he's flipped college football on its head, a massive game in Boulder against Colorado State this weekend. And what is the Colorado coach doing? You're trying to fire up Deion Sanders and that team? That's how they play. That's what they thrive off. They thrive off people talking bad about him. So just a terrible idea. But look, the Pac-12 is looking awesome through two weeks of college football. They have eight teams in their last dance, their Michael Jordan documentary, their last dance of the Pac-12. They have eight teams ranked in the top 25. It's going to get very interesting as the season goes. And as a West Coaster myself, uh, I'm rooting for the guys that got left out, Oregon State and Washington State. Those are my two teams I'm rooting for this year. But Colorado, wow, what a story. Travis Hunter playing Every snap pretty much on both sides of the ball. And Dion's kid looks like a legit Heisman candidate and NFL pro quarterback. I uh, love what they're doing so far. Yeah, that'll be fun to watch 10 p.m. on ESPN. And after Colorado State's head coach came out and called out Dion Sanders for wearing hat and glasses, I think you can lock in Colorado to win and to cover the spread. Any other bets that you like on the college football Saturday slate? Well, I am a Sun Devil. I like them. Uh, money line. I think they're plus 125 at home against Fresno. Look, the Sun Devils kind of fell on their face last week against Oklahoma State, but uh, I'm looking for a bounce back. They do have a talented freshman quarterback, and I just cannot see them losing to Fresno, who hasn't blown me away in the first couple of weeks either. Um, but on the NFL side, the game that I'm going to be watching, I've got to be dialed in, is, is Kansas City and Jacksonville. I mean, I think that's got to be the game of the week. If just for an NFL fan watching on TV, Kansas City, they can't go 0-2, right? I mean, I think they're only like two-point favorites on the road. 
I mean, people will be straight up panicking in Missouri and Kansas if the Chiefs drop to 0-2. And uh, Jacksonville kind of got lucky there in week one to pull away from the Colts. So I think that's going to be a great game to keep an eye on if you're not watching, uh, if you're waiting for the, something else to watch before the Commanders come on. I'm glad you brought that up because each week on Thursday, I give out AWOD certified game of the week, guaranteeing that football fans across the country will enjoy this game no matter who the two teams are. Last week, I gave out Bills Jets. Well, that'll do. Uh, 23 million viewers on Monday night. Yeah, that'll do. Uh, this week, I went with Chiefs at Jags, so I'm I'm yeah. all on board for that game. That's definitely uh, the certified game of the week. Um, you know what's an interesting one is 49ers at Rams. Uh, the Rams surprised a lot of people with a win week one, and I give them credit, but I give Sean McVay more credit. I do think the Niners win this game, but I don't know if they cover that 7.5-point spread. What do you think? I wouldn't touch that game with a 10-foot pole. Matt Stafford looked like it was 2014 out there in week one. He absolutely shredded the Seahawks defense, and it wasn't just because guys were wide open. That rifle arm, that cannon on his shoulder, it's back. Matt Stafford is scary. The Rams might be actually good. Everyone thought they were going to win just a couple of games this year. I don't know if they beat the 49ers in week two here, um, but that is not a game I am I'm betting on at all. Also, I do like the, the Chargers at the Titans. I think Chargers, they're not going to fall to 0-2. Herbert was kind of meh in week one. He only had one touchdown pass. Not impressed by the Titans at all. I think they're going to be just a loser team this year. So I'm going to see Herbert go off. I'm going to give him over probably two and a half touchdowns. So give me Herbert with three touchdown passes on Sunday against the Titans. It's Drab T-Shirt with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. This is Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy. Uh, Do you have a sports tilt of the week? Did any of the junkies tilt you with any of their sports takes this week? Not not necessarily the junkies. Well, the junkies always tell me who with their takes, but uh, <laughs> it's more so like a, uh, like an NFL topic thing that that is bothering me. And I say, and it happened last night in the Vikings Eagles game. It's the end zone rule, fumbling the ball out of the end zone, and ninety nine percent of football fans out there hate the rule. I love the rule. If you fumble the ball into the end zone and it goes out of bounds, it should be a turnover. It's not the same thing. The end zone is not the same as the rest of the field. It's a neutral territory. High risk, high reward. If you're diving for the end zone, and you're, you've got to protect the ball. That's how you score points. The end zone has different rules. If you get tackled one inch before the, the end zone, you get zero points. If you're one inch over, you get six points. The end zone just has different rules. So I hate – you know, it's fantasy football. It's all these fantasy football guys out there. They're upset that Jefferson didn't score another six points on their fantasy team. They don't really care about the rules. They just want those goofy fantasy points. It's a great rule, and I think it's, if you have to understand football to, to appreciate that rule, you've got to protect the end zone. That's what they're doing. It's a last hurrah for the defense to punch a ball out and to save their team from uh, losing six points. So I love the rule. Give me the end zone rule. Don't ever change it, Roger. Keep it the same. Don't listen to the to the haters out there. It's a great rule. Yeah, and Justin Jefferson, so selfish. I mean, just go down. Who cares that you get into the end zone? He was thinking about his own fantasy team. My sports he wanted tilt- to dance. He wanted to do the gritty. That's what he wanted. <laughs> My sports tilt of the week is everyone being mad at Eric Bieniemy's conservative play calling at the end of the game. If you watch that game and you're a fan of the Commanders, You know Sam Howell was one mistake away from botching the game. They had to run the game out there and kick the field goal. Everyone that called it conservative, you're losers, and he didn't actually watch the game. Sam Howell was one mistake away from the Commanders losing to the Cardinals and blowing their entire season already. 
Well, I, I think it's fine. It might work in week one against the Cardinals because he knew that Josh Dobbs wasn't going to go to the length of the field and beat him. But he's got to be – he's got to open it up a little bit more after this week. Broncos, Cardinals, maybe you get away with being conservative, running the ball, letting Sam not do anything. But after that, you're not going to beat the Bills 17-13. It's just not going to happen. All right, Drab, how many don't sleep energy drinks have you already drank today? I've had three. I'm working on my fourth on the way home. I love Don't <laughs> Sleep. Mike, you're, you're awesome, man. I know. Thank you, Mike, for setting up this segment. Drab, thanks so much, man. All right, guys. Have fun. Later. Yep. That was Don't Sleep on These Picks, presented by Don't Sleep Energy Drink. Need the energy to stay up and see your late-night picks go up in flames? It's easy. Head over to don'tsleepenergy.com and use the promo code AWAD Radio. That's A-W-A-D-D-R-A-D-I-O to save some cash. Your pick might go busto, but you'll be loaded with gusto. We love Don't Sleep Energy. Head to check them out online, don'tsleepenergy.com. Don't Sleep makes you great. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWAD Radio on the fan.